He goes and gets wings and throws them on the board. Yeah, listen, man, this guy's breaking <laughs> barriers down. You're listening to Leafs Lunch with Julia Tusheri and Michael DeStefano on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. And that's when I thought you read it, what you've been hiding from me. Leafs Lunch is brought to you in part by Two for One Pizza. It's Two for One Tuesday. Order a regular priced pizza from the Create Your Own menu and get our second pizza of the same or lesser value free. Hour two of Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Julie Tasheri and Mike DiStefano with you. We're going to have Mike Kelly join us in the next one year or so minutes, but of a quarter of the way through the season, AB. Before we get into this quarter mark thing, mm, okay. we got to get into something. I saw something on Instagram that really, really made me worried. And it was a video of yourself (laughs) running out of a lake. First of all, we're going to talk about my Instagram stories being concerning. I stood by with fear in my heart the entire time you were on that cruise last year because you just kept being in random places hanging off the boat in your your mask. So I've been concerned about yours. coming up in two weeks. I know, I know. I I actually had forgotten about that. But But that's me going to warm climates. Yes. Okay. You were up in Thunder Bay, which is one of the coldest places in Ontario, <laughs> and you're running out of a lake. You were in a lake. Lake Superior. Let's in be the clear. middle, in the end of November. What um, the hell were you doing in a lake going through the polar bear plunge? I don't know. How is that fun? Is that fun to you? No, it's not that it's fun. It's a, it's really good for you. So, like Thunder Bay. I don't know if anybody's listening from that neck of the woods right now. Huge Finnish population. Okay. And I'm really into, I'm not Finnish or anything, but I, I respect their pancakes and I respect their saunas and I respect their their wellness techniques. And, and hot, cold exposure is really good for you. And I don't know exactly what possessed me to be like, yeah, I'll pull over here at Chippewa Park and hop in the lake. Because you were like, did somebody dare you to do that? And I just kind of did yeah, it myself. Like, is that just like, like, a, like a thing that, I've been into that the Thunder hot, Bay people do? Like That's a Julia exclusive, I think. That might be a Julia exclusive. Because if there was something hot involved af- afterwards, it might be a little bit more normal. Like if there was a sauna to run into afterwards. But I just had the Jeep on warm and I come back in afterwards. I don't know. It was no weird. Sense. It was it was great. I feel great, though. Like I feel like my circadian rhythm is reset. My I'm feeling good. Yeah, I know what that word means. For sure. I, I'm into the health and wellness stuff, AB. <laughs> I am. I am. Uh, and uh, that's, that's I, I just say. found it hilarious because I'm pretty sure, I, actually, this is a true Frankie, story. Yeah. This is a true story. Now, I don't know if you're going with, with Frankie. Frankie here. thought I was on vacation and I was in Thunder oh, Bay. Oh, yeah, did. Yeah, where are you doing? <laughs> but no, the true story is when I saw that video, I was 100% and I think back on it, sitting in my hot tub. <laughs> when I saw that video, the stark contrast, she's sitting there freezing her butt off. Running out of a lake. There was no sitting. It was in and out. It was in and out. And I, I felt real good after. There? No, not more was than a minute. Just in and out. In there for a full minute? I got my head under, and it took me a couple seconds to convince myself to go all the way under. Oh, my God. If I had a dock, it would have been easier. That's Anyways, insane. it was good times. We are at the quarter mark of the leaf season, uh, regardless of my bizarre weekend activities. And I, like we talked a little bit about the deja vu, A.B., from last yeah. year uh, and how this year feels, I don't want to say alarmingly exactly. Like I just uh, I just sent a chirp out to Dom Lechizan on, on Twitter because like even the goalie stats are, are really similar right now and we know where the goalie stats went or, around yes. Christmas last Well, it still ended up good because this November was so incredible, but but we know where Jack Campbell's at now, and we know how he, he kind of ended the season last year. Um, so uh, just give me general feels, and then we'll get into the specific. How do you feel about the Leafs at this point this year versus how you felt at this point last year? Um, you know, it's, it's a t- 
tough question to answer because I feel like if you would ask me this two weeks ago, I would have had a different answer, being like, oh, there's still a lot of you know, concerning trends that I'm seeing with this club. But over the, the past week, I'm, I'm just seeing a much better team and, and a team that now that they've bought in and they're playing well, they're playing you know def- good defensively, not just the defense, but like as a unit. And I, I, they're getting that quality goaltending from Matt Murray and Samsonov when he was in. And even Eric Schalgren's been giving him some yeah. really quality minutes when he's got a good in there. Like, he almost had a shutout the other night in Pittsburgh. So I wanted that for him, too. I know, I know. We, we all wanted that for, uh, for Schalgren. But, you know, I, I feel good about where the team's at at this point. I'm like, obsessed with our, 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 our calloused emotions. I feel good question mark about where the, so do I though AB and I think it uh, the goaltending is, is encouraging though I do worry about injuries down the road it is nice to know you can get some reasonable minutes out of Shalgren the way the team is locked down defensively in the past week and a half two weeks is that an appropriate time frame to say has it has been the most encouraging thing to I you? just the only thing is is I need to see it when everyone's healthy Right, like I just for whatever reason. So is it, it that they take like, their foot off the gas when they say, "Oh, Muzz is back there, he'll handle it." Oh, TJ's back there, you know, he's our babysitter. We can run around and make popcorn and drink pop. Like, unfortunately, that's not a question that I can answer. That's something <laughs> yeah. that like they would have to answer themselves. Why do you not play the same way when everyone's healthy? Like so, that's the question that I want to know. And so when Brody and, and Riley get back, are they still? going to go back and, and help out defensively? Or are they still going to have five guys blow the hash marks in their own end and clog yeah. up the neutral zone as well? Do they like, play they better when there's no that? expectations on them? Is is that it? Is I don't it know. Like, no I'm looking at this team and no everybody, no, it's not that there's no pressure. To start the season, they were caca. They were bad, bad. Mm-hmm. And there was so much pressure on them to start the season because this whole, to start the season, like, it was like we were having an introduction to the last dance every night. Like, this is this course chance. Dubas isn't re-signed. Matthews has the opportunity to re-sign at the end of the season. Like, this is the last dance with this group. They have to do well in the playoffs this year. Yeah. It's all over. And to start the season, it looked like, oh, I hope you had a fun dance because this is looking like a hot mess. (laughs) It's looking like a hot mess. And then all their best defensemen went down and their goaltenders both went down and there was every excuse for the Leafs to continue to suck. And they thought, wow, I don't know. Is that what it is? Like, yeah, okay, we can suck. Like, maybe maybe we won't do that. Do they play better when there's a little less pressure on them? Like, that could be it. Honestly, it it, it could be it. But there just seems to be a buy-in from the team from top to bottom, right? First pair, second pair, third pair, lines one through four. Everyone seems to be buying in and playing a little bit more of a 200-foot game, which we know that's really what Sheldon Keefe wants. Like, his system, like, he wants to do that. And, I mean, you can go back to the Babcock days in a way where it was like good defense will translate into good offense. And we've seen that over the course of this this road trip where it's not only defensively in the defensive end, yeah. but if you're forechecking hard enough, you, that also creates extra possessions, extra chances for them to score goals. And we've seen that happen many times over right. the course of the last you know couple of weeks since this team has really started to pick up their game. So I, I think it's just this team is maybe they're starting to find themselves and they're starting to find potentially an identity. Like is, is that they're finding an identity, a way that works for them. The question is, is it sustainable? And will they continue to do this when everybody's back? That's the only question, remaining question, I guess, I have going forward. When they all return, will they be as aggressive as they've been the last couple of weeks? They'll have to be, A.B., if, if they're going to win. Um, 
Someone texted us and pointed out the fact that at the end of November last year, Matthews had 10 goals. This year he has 11. Uh, so they're kind of questioning the he's not scoring at the same pace thing, which is true, right? We saw Matthews rip off a whole bunch, but also he was injured to start the year That's last the year. Thing. He, he missed, missed games, like, yeah. missed games, and he was injured and had a wrist injury, so like he couldn't really shoot the puck as well to start the year. So like Context. those are built-in ex- excuses, I suppose. But like he was expected to get off to a slow start last year. This right. year. The expectations were for him to pick up where he left off. So, like, the expectations were slightly different. So, seeing that they're the exact same numbers makes this year look a little worse. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Okay, so should we get into our. Yeah, let's get into it. Yeah. Biggest surprise player, AB? Uh, I'm going to go goaltending. Every single one of them. All of them. Yeah. All of them. You know, Samsonov, he's come in, he's played some really quality goaltending. Eric Schalgren, we just mentioned, almost got a shutout in Pittsburgh. He's been a great goaltender. And Matt Murray has been exceptional. Like, Matt Murray, since coming back from his injury, I have the uh, the statistic right here for you. A 9.45 save percentage at 5-on-5 five five since coming back from the injury. A 168 goals against since coming back from that injury. Yeah, Like, he's been unbelievable for this team. He won them. You could say he won the game for them last night. Right by by just being as good as he was, stopping forty plus pucks. I love watching him in in there too, AB. Like he he's so active between the pipes, and I, I was laughing with Steph about this yesterday. He's he's so small, like with his equipment. He's very tall man. Yeah. He's very skinny, and like you just see him in there with his little his little face coming out of his helmet. He looks ginormous. Then it's almost like there's a robot in there, and he's just contr- he's got the controls. You know what's kind of funny is you look at at you know. The way that he's playing, and then I don't know, he's just such a subdued guy. Like, yeah, he wants to do him afterwards, and it just doesn't. I don't know, for some reason, it doesn't translate. For, I, for some reason, I'm a fan. Like, I'm a fan. But, I'm a biased Thunder Bay fan, but a fan nonetheless. But he's been he's been unbelievable, and the goaltending, honestly, coming into the year, that's why I say it's the biggest surprise. Because coming into the year, that was the biggest question mark on this team was how's yeah. the goaltending going to perform? I can't think of one game where goaltending lost him. The game. No, I can't think so of one. Weird. If anything, they've won them a couple of games this year, and they've been very steady and great. Actually, they're one of the better teams on the year when it comes to goaltending. I think yeah. they're like third in the NHL right now when it comes to uh, when it comes to save percentage at five on five. And last year, they're what twenty seventh in save percentage. So they really have gotten stellar, strong goaltending to this point in the year. And for a team that was struggling offensively to start. It's a big reason for why they are where they are currently top five in the NHL. Absolutely. Okay, I've got Pontus Holmberg down, and there might be a bit of recency bias that goes into this. Uh, when you talked about guys taking the extra, taking the step this year from the AHL, like the only name that came to everybody's mind was Nick Robertson, and that was the obvious one. And he, it looks like, will get into the lineup tomorrow night. Uh, we'll have some practice updates with you guys once once everything's available, but. I, I don't know if I've ever heard a higher compliment from a head coach to a rookie than the one that Sheldon Keefe gave, gave Pontus Holberg. It's, to be honest, it's not overly surprising. You know, I and mean, we're talking about him here now because he scored two goals on this trip. But what stands out to me is, you know, I think that's his eighth game here tonight, and I I can't find this guy making a mistake. You know, through eight games, you want to talk to him as a young young guy, and there's things you want to talk to him about and show him, and you're expecting mistakes and corrections, and this guy doesn't make mistakes. He's incredibly smart. 
Yeah, that is such a high, high compliment to receive from a coach because I've been around scenarios, like specifically when I think I used to cover the OHL. I remember this one kid had a great game. I think he might have gotten a hat trick in the game. And I, I went to talk to the coach after the game and he shredded him, like shredded him because he was not very good defensively. So scoring is great. And, and we saw how well Nick Robertson, I suppose, to start the year, he had those couple goals to start, but clearly Sheldon Keefe doesn't feel as good about him uh, away from the puck and defensively quite yet. So Pontus Holmberg, what a what a revelation for the Leafs. Yeah, he's been great. And you want to see those late round draft picks uh, yes. you know, pan out and make an impact in the NHL. Uh, most room for improvement for the latter third stages of the Season Okay, mine is going to make me sound like a hater, so I have to be so abundantly clear okay. when, when we talk about it. Mine is uh, Austin Matthews, and it's not because he's been bad, um, which I think we've made very clear. It's because he's set very high expectations for himself. He doesn't have the same, and, and like, I don't know what's going on with Austin Matthews. He, he's looked, since the Pittsburgh game, like you said, AB, to be picking it up, but... He doesn't have the built-in excuse of the wrist excuse to start the season this year. He didn't miss five or six games to start. I forget exactly how many he missed last year, but I think it was was it in that neck of the woods. Uh, if it's Austin, for me, it's Austin Matthews, and it's just because he set a high high standard for himself. It would have been really easy to throw a Justin Hall, who's who's been much better lately, out, or like all the goalies have been good. I think Austin Matthews, just because the expectations are so high for him. Well, I think that's the thing. When we were talking about this, recency bias, it was a little tough to, to pick one because it's like we, we got a lot of guys who early in the year could have been Struggling. on this list. Yes. But a guy who I think is still kind of on this list is, is Pierre Engvall. And, and I was such a big Pierre Engvall fan a year ago, so maybe I had a little bit more higher you were expectation the captain of on, the fan on club. Well, because he was he, he was really hungry on pucks. He had a, a really good stick, and, and he was scoring a little bit too. Like decided to to take the puck to the net every now and then. The guy's been allergic to contact all year. Like doesn't matter where he anaphylactic. Is. It's, honestly, it's 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 becoming a really concerning trend. And it's a guy who's making a little bit of money. Um, he's got to be better, a lot better. He's got to produce two goals. You know, for a team that needs a little bit more depth scoring, they lost Mikheyev, they lost Kashe, they lost some guys who could put the puck in the net, and you're hoping that Engvall could do what he did last year, maybe even elevate his game a little bit. We haven't seen that. That has to change going forward. Or I'm not, like, Pierre Engvall is getting to a point now where he's a dude who might be looking over his shoulder for, for somebody who's up in the press box, and he might find himself out of the lineup a couple of times here soon. Yeah, yeah, it's it's uh, not out of the question. All right, really quickly, first quarter MVP. I have JT, I have John Tavares, and it goes back to that game against Philly that I look at as the TSN turning point of the mm. season when he put the team on his back and said, okay, boys, we're getting out of this one. And that is what a captain does, and uh, even though he's been quiet in comparison to Mitch Marner lately, uh, he, he led the boys out of the darkness in that one. Yeah, I'm going to give it to Mitch Marner, yeah. though. Like, I mean, the guy's got 27 points in, in 23 games, 17 straight games with a point. He's playing unbelievable hockey, not only offensive end, but defensively, as Darren Dreger noted. The guy, I think, is right now, like, he's, he's got to be in contention for a Selkie, might even be in, in contention for a Hart Trophy. I yeah. mean, the way that he's playing right now, if he can continue to do this the rest of the way, I, I, I he's going to be in the conversation. Yep. Right? I think he, he has a chance to, the way that he's playing, the way that he impacts the game on, on all 200 feet of the ice out there. So, uh, shout out, he's definitely been the team MVP. And really quickly, we've got an unsung hero to this point in the year. I'm giving mine to Sheldon Keefe. 
I'm giving it to Sheldon Keith. I like it. I think that he he's been a really good coach, and he's done a lot. You know, you look at all the injuries that have accrued, and all the the um, things that they've had to kind of work on, the adversity that they've faced, and they just keep kind of chugging along. He's had a couple of hiccups with the media. He said a couple of things that you know we've talked about, but ultimately the team's winning games, and they are performing now to expectation. And I think a lot of that is the adjustments that was made by Sheldon Keith to get this team going. So. I think we're going to give a little bit of love to Sheldon on that one. Yeah, he coaches hard. He's making adjustments in-game. He's he's always coaching hard out there. Mine is Giordano. Yeah, makes sense. Sexiest contract Gio in the Gio. league and just Gio Gio. out there grinding it out every night. So uh, shout out to him. Shout out to Zio Gio. Tomorrow's Classic Lotto 649 jackpot is an estimated $5 million. And the Gold Ball jackpot is an estimated $26 million. Text 649 in your name to 105050 for your chance to win $100 in Lotto 649 tickets with Encore. Standard text message rates apply to all entries at Lotto 649. Find your possible. Mike Kelly, hockey analyst from SportLogic. Coming up next, I'm Mike DiStefano with Julie Tashiri. Listen to Leafs Lunch here on TSN 1050. Leafs Lunch is brought to you by Vanilla Visa prepaid cards available at Petro Canada. The perfect gift for any occasion. Just before we bring in Mike Kelly, a couple quick practice updates for you. Connor Timmins will make his debut tomorrow night, it looks like. There it is. In the place of Hollowell and Nick Robertson will get back into the lineup for all of you starving for Nick Robertson content. You have been fed. I guess probably Sheldon Keefe found a mistake in Hollowell's tape. And is able to take him out, unlike Pontus Holmberg. Impossible. Where you can't find a mistake. Remember when I made up that word, untakeoutable? Yes, he, untakeoutable. He's That's made in himself, the official Leafs Lunch Dictionary. He's made himself untakeoutable. And with that ridiculous comment, let's bring in Mike Kelly, hockey analyst specializing in analytics for Sport Logic and the NHL Network. How's it going, Mike? It's going well, thank you. And uh, whether people like listening to what I have to say or not, I am untakeoutable from this segment. So. Have to deal I with like it. it. I like it. Absolutely. Love Good it. use. You're, you're, you're gonna you're gonna bring the IQ of uh, of the show up for the next 20 oh, minutes. I can we're guarantee all in you that. Trouble. <laughs> we're all in trouble if that's the case. Oh, I hope not. Um, so you know, Mike, you, you you really dive into the numbers and you look past the 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 you know the the easy stats, I guess, the the more mainstream analytics, just what you do and. You know, Mitch Marner, we talk about him being on a 17-game point streak. We've been talking about it all day. Can make it a franchise-tying 18-gamer um, in a couple of nights, or, or tomorrow, I suppose, uh, when they play, uh, who they got? San, San Jose? Jose. Yeah, San Jose. And look, it's really impressive that he's got 17-game point streak. But, like, what can you say about his overall game over the course of this stretch that maybe makes it even more impressive than we think? Yeah, this is not a case of a guy who's a great offensive player just racking up points, which which would be an amazing feat in itself, scoring in 17 straight games, right? Um, you know, there's two games this year where he doesn't have a point. And so he's got points in 90-plus percent of his games, and he's the only guy in the league to do that. Uh, that is all amazing. During this point streak, though, what, what's so remarkable to me, especially, you know, for a winger, is, is – just he's everywhere on the ice. I mean, it's it's he's killing penalties and um, there's you know defensive things that we track at Sport Logic that give you a little bit of a, a window into how a player is affecting the game away from the puck. And he's top ten during his point streak in block passes, in block shots, in stick checks, using his stick to force a loss of possession. Wow, it, it's incredible. So for him to be used in as many situations as he is, uh, both offensively and defensively, penalty kill like I talk about. 
um, and generate the kind of offense that he is. Like, there's just nights where he's taking over games and he's the best player on the ice. Um, it's as well as I've seen him play in a stretch in a long time, and he's had a lot of really good stretches. So, a uh, huge reason for the Leafs' success in November. Yeah, and I, I think that's it. It's a, it's, it's just the 200-foot play that, that has really made it seem um, above and beyond maybe the stretch even last year where he was – you know, scored the most points at five on five from what was it from Jan fifteen onward. No one scored more, but it's the defensive side of things that I think he's elevated, and it's it's allowed him to be the offensive player that he is today, turning that defense into offense. Do you think that Mitch Marner should be getting some selkie love for the way that he's playing right now, though? He could he could find himself in that in that conversation. I think um, you know I wrote about that about three or four years ago that he's maybe a, or the rare winger that could one day find himself in that conversation. Ooh. And I think because his, his penalty kill time now, like he, he's, he's used there. Um, he's used in all kinds of situations. He's not sheltered by any means. He plays a ton. And uh, you know, I, whether it's justified or not, when people talk about the Selkie, they often look at the all around game and can you score too? Uh, he obviously can do that. Check and check. So <laughs> yeah, like as far as wingers go, a hundred percent. Um, it's tougher for a winger um, than a centerman to kind of get into that conversation. But if there's if there's wingers out there that can do it, I don't think there's any question that he should be in that conversation. Do you think he'd be more likely in his career to win a Selkie or an MVP? Mm. Ooh, great question. Great question. Um, I'd say probably Selkie, um, although I don't know that that's really justified. So, you know, could I see Mitch Marner, you know, there's McDavid and Dreisaitl to consider, right? Like, those guys yeah. are going to lead the league in scoring Scoundrels. every year. But, yeah, like, heaven forbid, and we pray this doesn't happen, but maybe some, they miss some time with injuries, whatever. Marner just goes nuts. He could lead the, lead the league in scoring or certainly be right there. Um, I think you could make a sneaky case, though, for Selkie. I just don't know that uh, he'd get enough love or attention for that. I like it. I like it. We've got Mike Kelly on the phone of Sport Logic and the NHL Network. We were just going through, Mike, some of our uh, quarter season evaluations of this Leafs team. And I had a really nitpicky one because the Leafs are playing really well right now. Uh, the player that I want to see more from, I chose Austin Matthews. Who has room for improvement? Yeah. That, that, that <laughs> and, and it's just as a result of the lofty expectations that he set for himself with the 60-goal campaign last year. When you compare his game last year to his game this year, what do you notice is different, if anything? You know what? It's a weird thing. It's just handling the puck seems harder for him. You see a lot of pucks bounce on him, mishandled. Uh, I don't really know how to explain it. And um, it's a small thing. I mean, like the guy's got 11 goals in 24 games. He's still yeah. a great player. You know, he's over a point a game, and he's a guy that's up there in a lot of these defensive metrics that I talk about as well. Yep. Um, who's really good in his all-around game and always has been. But, you know, when I look kind of as deep as I can into him offensively this season, there's not one thing that jumps out. It's just a lot of little things that I think pile up a little bit. Compared, again, to last year where he scored 60 goals, which, you know, there's not really any 60-goal scorers in the league. There's guys who can do it. But, you know, that's the difference I talk about between are you a 60-goal guy or a 50-goal guy or did you score 60 or 50? And that is a difference. I don't think anybody's a 60-goal guy year in and year out. So, um, you know, he's he's not – he's shooting the puck just about as much. Um, He's not getting as many chances. That's down by about 25%. Um, Everything – you know, a lot of these key things are just down a little bit from last year. 
But if that nets you 45, 50, 53 goals, whatever it could be, it's still a great year. I mean, law of averages, right? I, I, I think you look at last season, every bounce maybe went his way, and this season so far, every bounce not really going his way, and there has been a couple of bobbles. And who knows? Maybe at this point, it seems like he's starting to heat up. He's got goals at five on five in two straight games. Perhaps he's starting to find himself, and, and he can go on to have a, a great, you know, my fantasy team thirds. is fighting for its life. Two I'd thirds. like to see a hot second half here. <laughs> Would be nice. Would be nice. Uh, in conversation with Mike Kelly, hockey analyst specializing in analytics for SportLogic and the NHL Network. Uh, Mike, overall, though, when you're, when you're digging into the numbers for the Toronto Maple Leafs, 24 games into the season, is there anything that kind of jumps out to you that surprises you to this point, either positively or negatively? Um. What they've been able to do with the injuries they've had on the back end, I, I think, is so impressive. And uh, let's let's not kid ourselves here. Like, there's a lot of games lately, the Detroit game included, certainly the New Jersey game, um, where they're losing the territorial battle. They're spending more time in their end than the opponent's end. Um, they're getting outchanced. Matt Murray's been unbelievable. So I didn't see that coming. Uh, it was a possibility for sure. Um, but I wouldn't have said, yeah, I expect him to be as good as he's been. So that, that's been huge for Toronto, dealing with these injuries. Um, the other thing, too, is if you look at the, you know, and people have talked about it, um, how the team's defending more as a group, right, the five-man group defending, kind of making up for some of the injuries they have on the back end. Marner's obviously a big part of that. But just defensive plays made by forwards, if you count up some of the different stats I've talked about that we track, um, Toronto was – bottom five in the NHL in October and they're first in the league since. So that kind of matches the eye test where everything's been a lot more committed. It kind of had to be, right? And I think what you want to see is guys start coming back, but you don't lose that. You say, okay, this is what it takes. This is what we can do um, to be successful, as successful as possible. So you know, part of that's the fact they're not playing with the puck as much as they, as they have been uh, when they're fully healthy, but there's been a noticeable commitment from everybody defensively, which has been really good. And I don't know how to explain this, but you know, I tweeted this out earlier. Yeah. Too. You, you look at October versus November with this team the last couple of years, it's crazy. <laughs> um, it, it's like it, the slow starts have been really slow. They're 8-8-3 eight, eight, in October. 22-3-3 in November. Crazy. It, it's bananas. And so that gets you 47 points, which is about eight clear of anyone else in November over the last couple of years. So. That's all for them. I feel like, though, wasn't the narrative, like, Freddie November? Like, this has been a narrative for a while that this team has, for whatever reason, gone off to a slow start in October and then really picked it up in November. Yeah, it has. Um, and you good point there. Um, Should the deja vu scare us? Uh, <laughs> what do all the fans in Toronto think, right, with this team? It's like, yeah, whatever, get in the playoffs, and, you know, we'll, we'll, that's when we care again because we know where they're going to be in the playoffs, and we know that they haven't had any success there. So I don't know this, but, like, did some of, does some of that trickle into the players' mindset, even subconsciously, where it's like, all right, you know, we're, we're going to be good. We're going to win more than we lose, and, and maybe it takes a bit of a kick in the butt in October to say, okay, we, we really got to – get going here because it's a hard league league to win in. I don't know if there's some element of that. I don't really know how to explain it other than Toronto really didn't play well at the beginning of the season. It wasn't like they were really smoking their opponents. Uh, and Sheldon Keith talked about this a year ago. I thought they actually did play pretty well, even though they weren't winning in October. This October, they were not playing well. 
Um, and they've been great in November. Yeah, we were having a conversation before about how there was so much pressure on this team to start, and there's no really numbers to quantify this, so it's so difficult, but there was so much pressure on them to start the season. It felt like a last dance type of scenario, and it wasn't until guys started going down with injury, every defenseman, every goaltender, that there was every excuse for them to lose, and and they just came out and played excellent. Well, I think it's a good sign for any team when that kind of adversity brings out the best in you, right? You're going to do one of two things. You're going to wilt or you're going to power through it. And like I said, I mean, they've gone from the number one offensive zone possession team, which they kind of usually are in October, and they, they dominate with the puck. Um, they were having a real tough time turning all that possession into meaningful offense, but they had it a lot, as they always do, to a team now that is spending not a lot of time in the Ozone, defending a lot, um, and losing that territorial battle. Because like I said, they're, they're dealing with some real big injuries. But they're not breaking. They're, they're getting that defensive buy-in, and Murray is doing enough to, to help them win games. So, um, I, you know, full hats off to the team for the way they've responded in all that adversity. Well, I'm glad you brought up Matt Murray. And, and you know, we, we spoke about goaltending, you know, a moment ago. But when I look and I dive into these numbers, like last night, I was doing a little bit of a deep dive. And, and last year, goaltending, especially towards the back half of the season, not great for the, the Toronto Maple Leafs. There were sub-900 goaltending, and it, it just wasn't terrific. And last year, they were 27th as a, as a team at 5-on-5 five five save percentage, 31st as a team in uh, high-danger save percentage. This year, 3rd and 4th in terms of high-danger and regular save percentage at 5-on-5. Five five. How much of a key is that for what the Maple Leafs have been able to do, considering the struggles offensively to start the year? Yeah, it's a great point and huge no it's um and again like they're when when they help you when they're just kinda of doing thing, they're they're so good offensively, they need elite goaltending. So about last year. Um I don't know if this narrative still exists. It's been a few years, but they're not a bad defensive team. Yeah. They're a quite good defensive team in terms of, you know, there's not a lot of dangerous chances against them in any kind of way, shape or form. Um, but the goalies kind of brought that back in the middle a little bit because they haven't been very good uh, tending. So uh, they're they the goaltending to be good, especially lately because they just have the body there to dominate, uh, in terms of the process like they usually do. Well, that's uh, that that's been you know we could talk about team defense and Marner and, and all sorts of other things. If you want to boil it down to one thing for you know recently. Uh, what's helped the Maple Leafs have the success they've had. Certainly since Matt Murray's come back, it's been him. He's number one. Yeah, he's making the stops, making the saves, and uh, making the tough saves, too. Like I said, third in high-danger save percentage. They're 31st a year ago. Uh, Really appreciate the time, as always, Mike. Uh, Hopefully we can chat again down the road. Absolutely. Coming on when it's all roses and we're talking about oh, Dubis, nice. trending, Dubis trending for extension? Yeah, Who would I have love had it. This a month ago? I know, Great. I know. It's crazy, it's crazy. Hopefully they yeah. can keep the good vibes rolling. Yeah, sure. enjoy the rest of the day and uh, thanks for having me. Thank you so much. There he goes, Mike Kelly, hockey analyst specializing in analytics for SportLogic and the NHL Network. What a league, as they say. About... Three weeks ago, actually, I don't know. It, it, uh, Twitter's hilarious. <laughs> what a hilarious place. I'm glad it didn't die. I'd miss the daily laughs. Oh, I know. 
<laughs> that was that was, I, that was the last show that we had actually. We said a fair. We were playing the violins. Goodbye, Twitter. Goodbye, leaves lunch for the week, and and now we're back. Twitter's alive, and everything's vibing. buzzing. The vibes are good. We haven't had a vibe check in a while, JT. Vibes are high. Vibes are high, right? Vibes are high. Yeah, very like, high. Like I think that you look at the team, and, and like I was talking about the goaltending and, and Matt Murray and whatnot. And I think that's been a big. Like a massive difference, and I know we're only two, two months into the season. And yeah. Last year, if I looked at these numbers, they probably would have been similar because the drop off came after November. Yeah. But I mean, the fact that they legitimately are third in high danger and fourth overall in save percentage—that's not something that the Maple Leafs have been used to getting. So now, not only are they buying in defensively, they're actually getting quality, quality goaltending as well. And now the offense is starting to turn it around. Yeah, it was going to be a process. And at perfect timing, too, because the Maple Leafs, what are they, three points back of Boston currently? They seem so far away. They do. They're three points back. They do have three extra games played. But have you seen Boston's schedule the next, like, Yeah, it gets ugly. I saw you pointed that out. So, like, Boston, yes, they're they're 18-3, and and you can't take anything away from them. They've been a real quality team, and, and they've definitely over achieved what we all expected, especially with the injuries. But they've had the fifth easiest schedule to this point in the season. And <laughs> what they, do the Leafs have? But they've taken curiosity. advantage of it. I, I would have to look into it. Sorry. But a little bit. It's probably, I'm just I thinking think about their start to the, the season pack. when they had like every terrible team and kept losing against yeah, them. Yeah, but as of late, like November, they've played a lot of really good teams. Yeah. It's kind of evened out, so they might be closer to the middle of the pack than you think. Um, I, I could look it up in between uh, breaks in a moment, but the Boston Bruins had the fifth easiest schedule, and they've made, took an advantage of it, right? They're, 20, or they're 18 and 3 to start the year. But coming up in the next little bit, and it's actually already started, like you look at the last three games, they've played the Lightning, the Panthers, and the Hurricanes. They've got the Lightning again tonight. They've got the Avalanche. Uh, then they've got the Golden Knights and they're in man. Colorado. It's murderous row. A little bit of a cupcake game going out to Mullet Arena to play the, the Coyotes. And then they go into Vegas to play the Golden Knights. Like, that's their next couple of weeks that's here. That's tough. That's so, a tough couple of weeks. And, and so we expect for them to hit a little bit of a bump in the road. So if Toronto would, can keep these vibes going and pick up some wins here. I mean, they can get right back into this thing. Yeah. Because Boston, if they do kind of stub their toe through this next couple of weeks against these really tough opponents, there's a chance that Toronto could narrow the gap here and maybe even take over as the leaders in the Atlantic, potentially. Yeah, they have winnable games. Sharks, hopefully that's a winnable game. The Kings, the Lightning is not quite as easy, but yeah. They haven't been great, though. Like, they pulled out a win the other night, like last night in Buffalo, but, like, they gave up five goals to the Sabres. Yeah, they haven't been. Vasilevsky hasn't been Vasilevsky. Hedman hasn't been Victor Hedman. You know, last night he didn't play. I I, I have, whenever I see Vasilevsky not in the net, it's jarring. I saw him to go go out to hug the, I don't, I couldn't even, who is Tampa's backup? Yeah, right now? who cares? Uh, I don't know. Yeah. But he was between the pipes last night. Shout out to him. Got the win. I, I when I saw Vasilevsky because I didn't watch the game. I Elliot. just saw no, it's Brian Elliott. Yeah, you're right. Yeah, okay. It is Elliott. I, I didn't uh, watch a game. I just saw the highlights after when yeah. I saw Vasilevsky come off the bench after the game to go give the goalie a hug. I was jarred. It's it's but like even when you look at the analytics, I mean they're a team that isn't. They're not up at the top where you expect them to be. No, like, I know. The they just have seasons, the benefit of the doubt. and they have They do have the benefit of the doubt, but they're not a team. You look at expected goal differential, they're 12th in the NHL. So they're not even top 10 right now, which is not what I expect to see out of the Tampa Bay Lightning. And you just kind of wonder. You're thinking aloud a little bit, thinking to yourself, That's fair. has it finally caught up to them? 
Has the hockey final, like we thought last year, that could have been a possibility. They hit that speed bump late in the season. Toronto went in and they beat the dust off them in their own building. And then we kind of convinced ourselves, hey, maybe Toronto wants Tampa in the playoffs in the first round. Maybe that's the matchup that would allow them to pull it off. painful to talk And then it didn't happen. We all know (laughs) what happened in Game 6 and Game 7. But, you know, to this point, a couple couple of uh, months into the season, Tampa has not looked like the Tampa Bay that they're used to being. And I also look at what they've lost this yeah. season, right? They've lost a couple of guys. McDonough, they had to trade him away. Palat left. Jan Ruta left. Bit of a tough bind for uh, for them. And they haven't been able to, to get their feet quite yet uh, under them. And, you know, like you said, they'll have the benefit of the doubt because they are such a good team. Especially but, when uh, things just get mean in the playoffs and things get gritty and slow and... I don't know. That seems to be their bread and butter. It does. And like I said, it's a good heavyweight tilt tonight. They got yeah. the Boston Bruins, so that'll be, uh, be a good one. Yeah, they can pick some points off against Boston potentially. In Boston, though, where I'm pretty sure they're undefeated so far at home still, the Bruins are. So that'll be a tough one. But it'll be a good game tonight. I'm looking forward to it. All right. One more lap around the track when we return, JT. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Tasheri. This is an Elise Lunch here on TSN 1050. Now, back to Leafs Lunch on TSN 1050. The Leafs live here. Share the love this holiday season with McDonald's. Text the keyword holiday and your name to 105050 for your chance to win a $200 McDonald's gift card. Wow, I could do some damage with that. Feeling festive? Enjoy a peppermint mocha or a hot chocolate paired with a freshly baked festive ginger RMHC cookie or a McCafe creme brulee. Lil Donut available at participating locations. Really quickly, the answer to your question They've had the 11th hardest schedule so far this season. Wow. Kind of surprising. Okay, I would have liked to see it after October, but I'll get that stipulation afterwards. Probably. But the 11th hardest, and they have the 27th easiest schedule remaining the rest Ooh, of the season. Ooh, okay. So Terrible. more positive vibes Terrible for, for the Leafs because they only like playing difficult teams. Yeah, yeah, it is. Uh, all right, we got to wrap things here. Uh, if you missed any of today's show, you can find it on tsn1050.ca, the Heart Radio app, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Mike DiStefano for Julia Tasheri. It was in the Leafs Lunch World Cup. Coverage continues next with England and Wales. Brendan Dunlop and Paul Dolan with the coverage.